Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. There's a difference between church and the church. All right, so look, check this. I think sometimes we get caught up in our church, the name on the building, our uh, denomination, like, when you think about church in general, man, I hate to say this for real, for real. I think sometimes we have gotten caught up into like almost the same mentality of like gangs. Like where it's like yo set, yo colors, yo this. Like, and I think the longer that something exists, the easier it is for this to happen. Because when something is created, you know, it's one thing. Like if you think about, um, when McDonald's was created, you know what I'm saying? It's like McDonald's, a burger place. And then at some point, somebody got to have Burger King and another person got to have Wendy's. And, you know, then you look up and it's like, oh, really? It's a million burger places. Anyone can have a burger place. And there is really no unity amongst them. Now, even when I say that, though, like I've gone to like national food shows and things like that, where people come from all across the country and you might go into one section of the food show, and this is where all the burger places are. And in that, you know, atmosphere, there is somewhat, you know, maybe some camaraderie between, you know, like people or some pride of like, yeah, we are the burger people, or there's a section for pizza people, and there's maybe like little seminars and demonstrations, and, you know, people are looking at different dough and different pizza sauce. And there's a sense of like, in those moments at that show, you become bigger than the name on the outside of your restaurant. And I guess I feel like sometimes like going to church is like, it reminds me of, you know, that same scenario. Like, yo, I'm, I go to ABM, you know what I mean? And it's like, this is our church and this is how we do things. And when you come in here, you got to stand up when this is happening. You got to sit down when this is happening. You got to. Put your finger up when this happened. And, you know, look, and I'm not saying any of these things are necessarily wrong. Like, this is not like, so let me just say this. Like, this is not about to be like an attack on the church or things like that. The reason I even talk about this type of stuff is because I actually care about and love the church. You feel what I'm saying? God's church, like the kingdom, I love it. Like, the way that God... Um, I believe called us to fellowship as believers, um, looking in the word of God. These things are important. So like this is not that. But at the same time, there is an importance, in my opinion, um, for us to understand, talk about and think through some of the things that are happening, because we can't lie to ourselves and say it's not happening. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think 
we've maybe started to be conditioned, and I'm not going to say started, this has probably been going on forever, but conditioned to look at ourselves as, you know, the church building. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where it's the name of your church. It's the style of your church. It's my pastor. This is how we dress. And I've gone to a lot of churches, you know, and so I've seen a lot of different things. And even for one of the main reasons that um, my wife and I have gone to different churches at some points is because we have wanted to see what it feels like to worship with believers. Like, and what I mean by that is, so we've gone to Caucasian churches, mixed churches, African-American churches, and, you know, we'll look at, like, what are the differences and what's the same, but I think one of the things that's sometimes lost in all of this is we become a part of a church, of a building, and we don't even know how to fellowship sometimes with believers outside of our little clique or, you know, your pastor got his best friend church and y'all always fellowship together or things like that. Like some of us, um, some churches aren't welcoming when someone who doesn't look like or dress like them come in. And some people aren't open to going into a building where the only thing that we have in common is Jesus Christ. Now, again, I get it. But at the same time, What I really think is important is for us as the church, as the world is becoming more divided and you look at the promotion of politics, I believe this is one of the reasons why politics is pushed on us um, so much. Like back in the day when I was growing up, um, I remember hearing my parents and I'm like, people wouldn't even tell each other who they voted for. But now that's our pride. That's that's what we live by, who we voted for, who we are against and it's so much separation that I think it's kind of crept into the church because so much of it, when you be real about it, so much of that is based on your race, um, your demographics. Let's just put it at that. You know, where you're from, how much money you make. That's what really separates us politically because um, what progresses one side um, hurts another and vice versa. And so now you have, I believe, that mentality taking place in church. And I just believe. That if we are the church, not church, not the building, not the name outside, not, oh, I go to a black church, I go to a white church, or no, I go to this type of church. No, if we are the church, then the beauty of the church is that it unifies us based on different standards. And none of them, like, I got to say this, no matter what, like, rich, poor, white, black, Democrat, Republican, you do realize that when you read the word of God, We are not unified by any of the demographics of the world. I think this is like very important. And here's how I think we could look at it. We view church on earth a lot through our eyes and what we see, right? I believe that the true church has to become invisible. Like we have to be the invisible church. Now, I read this term in a different context. I was reading this morning an article on focusonthefamily.com, I believe. Um, about this topic. Um, I was just looking at stuff about church and the church. and It was a long article. It was good, but I'm not talking about it from the standpoint that they are. But I did steal that term, the invisible church. Again, um, he talked about it in a different sense. I should have wrote his name down so I can give credit, but it was on focusonthefamily.com. And um, 
I like that term, the invisible church. It's probably a term that's always used, but I like it. And um, it means, I'm not going to say it means something different to me, but um, I took it in a different di direction than exactly what I was reading, even though I agree with most of what I was reading. I think we've become so caught up in the natural side of church, growing our membership, you know, our style, that all of these things that we've forgot, forgotten about the invisible qualities that make us the church. And we got to realize, too, when we go into the kingdom of heaven, you're not going to heaven as, hey, I go to this church. Hey, I go to love, long live Jesus tabernacle. I go to about my father's business academy of faith. Like, no, that's not how it is. We are supposed to be unified as believers. And I think that we may have mistaken some of what God and the Bible calls us to do to fellowship as believers. I think we've become um, more consumed with fellowship in that, at our church versus with the church. And I just genuinely believe if I was out of town in Atlanta, I should be able to find a kingdom church that I go to and feel welcome as a visitor in their building but as a member of the community of Christ. And so I'm going to say this real quick. Um, this is one of the, the books, Lavelle. I always talk about these books that Lavelle bought me um, early on, uh, maybe seven, eight years ago, um, when we kind of got cool and started building just as brothers in Christ. And one of these books that I love, um, it is by, it's the Hankronym series. So it's by Hank Hennegraff of Christian Research Institute. And this book is, it's a little book, but it's, it's so cool. It's called Memorable. Can I talk or no? Man, I think I had like two episodes of actually talking well. Anyway, this is called Memorable Keys to Essential Christian Doctrine. Now, what I want to do is I want to read just the intro, um, but you could pick this up on your own time. I'm sure they got a website, Christian Re Research Institute. Uh, but this little book, man, like it talks about these essentials of Christianity. These are the things that you can't see just by looking at someone. You can't see it by the name on their building. This is the invisible church, the doctrine that draws us closer together. Not did you vote for Obama? Did you vote for Trump? Not what side of the tracks do you live on? Those are things that don't matter ultimately in the kingdom of heaven. And this may hurt people because so many of us see ourselves through our race, which really nationality um, or our social class. And I understand. Don't, don't get me wrong. I understand the challenges here on earth. I understand. We will talk about those things one day when God blesses me with, with what I believe is a sober and the right way to talk through some of those things. So I'm not dodging those type of topics. But I'm really waiting on a piece from the Lord before I start diving into him, because my goal isn't to separate, but to unify the believers. But today we're talking about the invisible church. So it doesn't matter if you white, black, Chinese, Filipino. It doesn't matter. Indian. If you are a believer in Christ, these are the things that should bring us together more than the things that we see being the church. It should be the invisible qualities, meaning the spiritual qualities that make us brothers and sisters in Christ. So Hank Hennegraaff does these hankronyms, and um, it kind of makes it easy for you to kind of 
uh, which are basically acronyms that he breaks these things down. So he's broken down the essentials of Christianity um, under the acronym doctrine, right? So each letter represents one of the essentials. Um, so I'm going to read those and then I'm going to read the intro. We'll move on from this. So the D is for the deity of Christ, right? We're talking about the invisible church, the things that should bring us together and unify us, brothers, unify us as brothers and sisters in Christ. So the deity of Christ, O is original sin, C, the Canaan of Scripture, T, the Trinity, R, resurrection, I, incarnation, N, new creation, E, eschatology. So let's jump into um, just, I'm just going to read the intro, man, and, and we'll move on from this. Because some of y'all ain't trying to get this word. Some of y'all ain't trying to get this knowledge. I came here to tell you that if you wanted the word. That's the only way some of y'all going to listen. All right, so here's what it says. The importance of essential Christian doctrine can hardly be overstated. To begin with, these are the very doctrines that form the line of demarcation between the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of the cults. Listen, I know I'm not going to make it all the way through this, but here's what we got to realize. The reason it's important to understand the essentials of Christianity is because there are certain qualities on the surface that a cult can have. And you can find yourself joining a cult and not joining a church. Because on the surface, it seems like, oh, yeah, we agree on some things. But when you dig into the doctrine, it's not really the true doctrine of the Bible. And that's ultimately what we're talking about is sound doctrine. And I think it's important because some of us are a part of cults and we don't even know it. We are a part of a part of false doctrine. And just because it's what we grew up in, we accept it without ever challenging it with Scripture. We just go with what we know. All right, I'm back to reading. And he says, furthermore, essential Christian doctrine is the North Star by which the course of Christianity is set. As the North Star is an unchanging reference point by which sailors are guided, guided safely. Uh, wait a minute. I mixed those. Am I dyslexic or something? I don't know. Maybe I am. As the North Star is an unchanging reference point by which sailors safely guided their ships. So essential Christian doctrine has safely guided the church through the doctrinal storms that they have sought to sink it. There are doctrines that are false and people and movements that come to sink the true doctrine of the church, y'all. And we have to become the invisible church. I'm not telling you to leave your church. That's not what this is about, right? Don't take it out of context. Still go to your church on Sunday. Pastors, don't worry. I'm not stealing your members. Okay, I don't have a church. It's not Inspire God's People Church. It don't exist. You know what I'm saying? It ain't about that. But I do believe in sound doctrine. I do believe that as the church, we have to begin to worry about the things that God has called us to worry about. We have to realize the times in which we live in and stop acting like we live in these uh, cupcake times where there's nothing going wrong and we could just entertain the kids into heaven, entertain the adults into heaven. Like we just going to entertain, entertain ourselves into the kingdom because this is fun and you draw them with fun. And that's how we fill up the seats. And that's how we gain the biggest offerings. 
But as we are growing our offerings, as we are growing our memberships, I have a question. Are we growing the invisible church? God's people, it is time for the J. Will Music Song of the Day. And today we have a new song from my homeboy, Gabriel Parker, who is starting his journey as a solo artist. He was just on the show a few weeks ago. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. And his new song is entitled Mocking Word. So I want y'all to go check that out on iTunes and Spotify. And wherever you get music, just type in Gabriel Parker, Mocking Word. We're going to play that. And then we're going to come back and introduce a brand new segment to the show. You don't want to miss that TNN. But for now, Mocking Word by Gabriel Parker. Let's go. Let's go. Time to lay down some serious sound. I pray we never mock the word. Time to lay down some serious sound. Blood warning, it's easy to mock If you've never seen it pouring, they like We've never seen rain before Then here you come saying God sent us gonna pour So we choose our way and reject salvation though it's priceless The same reason we're stoned a prophet but you're sort of psychic So please remember, when Noah was the butt of the joke But when the flood came, those who left was chasing his boat But it was too late, no man could stay afloat Even if Michael Phelps in his prom with the strokes uh, Flood even cover mountains like close to clouds where I view like you looking like smoke. Uh, the depth of sin will have you laughing at hope and only take Jesus serious as gold on the rope. Hanging on chain, merrily blaspheming his name because judgment isn't instant. We think it's wrapped as a game. Uh, I pray we never mock his word. Uh, I pray we never mock his word. Church, let us never mock his word. Uh, let us never mock his word. Glorify him. Let's glorify him. Church, glorify him. Let us never deny him. Too often church becomes like a circus or a game show. Prophets are only good things, another gimmick to attach his name on. Never seen someone leave for joy when being robbed. Cause they're convinced the false prophecy is the voice of God. The glory of God is not enough, so we seed for earthly treasure. Competing for itching ears, so-called prophets are fortune tellers. Who wanna be seen, abuse the scriptures, lusting for green. And so the world samples and blaspheme over Christian themes. Question, what? What does the world mock us? We're cool with it, as long as it leads to profits. Toxic seeds only breed and lead to more robbers. With the form of godliness, but no power. Humble us, question what is perspective? He supplies the very breath we use to reject him. But help us love repentance and never mock your word. Till our appetite for the things of this world have been curved. Uh, I pray we never mock his word. Uh, I pray we never mock his word. Never mock his word. Uh, let us never mock his word. Glorify him. Yeah, let's glorify him. Church, glorify him. Let us never deny him. Time to lay down some serious sound. You just heard Mocking Word by Gabriel Parker. Man, I picked up that song myself on Google Play. Music, I think that's what it's called. I was about to say Google Podcast, but yes, I shopped on Google Play Music and um, copped that song for 99 cents, you know what I'm saying? And I still had him email me the free version to play it on this show. Because here's my thing, bro. 
Look, I ain't playing nothing on the show I paid for. You about to email it to me. And Gabe emailed it to me. So shout out to Gabe. Um, great music. You can expect more coming from him soon. But enough about him. You know what I'm saying? This ain't his show. You know, did he play my song on this show? Oh, actually, he did a couple times. So shout out to you, Gabe. Much love, bro. Much love, bro. All right, guys, people. Like I said, we got a new segment dropping today. And um, I ain't going to get into explaining the segment before I explain the segment. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, man. TNN, the nothing news, ain't nothing new. We gotta talk about it cause it's touching you. And sometimes you don't know what to do. Defending the remnant of Christ, descendants, a few real ones left, no substitute. Speak the truth, even when it's tough to do. It's a blessing to me, it's luck to you. We may disagree, that's uncomfortable, but you can't reach purpose from a comfort zone. Yo, guys, people, what up? Man, we got a new segment that I'm introducing to the show today. I'm excited about this. I got my boy, Meech Real, in the studio. What up, dog? Yeah, yeah. What's going on, man? I feel... This feel good. Welcome, man. You know what I'm saying? sound good. I love the sound of my voice. It's so weird to say that in a Christian Christian way. Yeah. It's it's super godly, because God gave me this voice. He did. So as honoring my voice, I'm honoring... (laughs) God's, hey, he going to make it art. five minutes on this show, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, get out of here, I'm dude. I'm honoring God's La- art. Lavelle ain't the only person to get kicked out of the studio. <laughs> no, but yeah, welcome, man. Glad to have you. Sweet. So we introducing a new segment today yeah. called The Nothing News, man. Nothing News. How you feel about it? Listen, when you first hit me up with it, I, w- I was offended, <laughs> um, which is very, very, you know, well, in this current, you know, this current time is the appropriate response to any yes. type of information. Is I'm like, so you gonna call me? And I got into my, I got all into my pride. I'm like, you call Meech Real for the nothing news. Nothing. But everything I talk about is something. And I said, this can't be from God. Yeah. I'm like, babe, this, <laughs> this dude want me to do the nothing news. So you want me to come on the show and talk about? I'm like, oh, so I mean, I figure nobody to do nothing is perfect. <laughs> See, that's, right, who that's, are you? Listen, right. that's what I first. Who are you? I, that's what I first heard. And then you know. I had to sit down and I had to listen to some uh some uh Joel Osteen and <laughs> then I revisited the text. Okay. And I was like, you know what? It made sense. Everything is all right. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. You got and bit that- with the happy bug. Man. All right. So so look, so for anybody out there is like, what's the nothing news? Here here's the thing. I actually had this idea like three years ago, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I had an Instagram page for a good fifteen minutes. And my mindset was like, okay, it's nothing new under the sun. And I was watching the news or something one day in the gym, you know, because they got it on because I don't watch the news. And I was like, it ain't nothing new, but it's called the news. (laughs) Like That's crazy. And then I thought about, like, the idea of, like, in Ecclesiastes, like, there's nothing new under the sun. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Then I wrote a son. It's nothing new under the sun. I was going to say, like, it's it's like you are a marketing genius because (laughs) – Everything is promoting your music. It's just listen. It all it's comes all back. Sublim- it's all subliminal um, Jedi mind tricks. Brian brainwashing y'all to listen to my albums and stream my music on iTunes this and dude Spotify. Has created a whole platform to brainwash everybody <laughs> to listen to his music. That is not it's true genius. at all. It's genius. That's not true, y'all. Do not listen to my music today just to prove him right. I think you should. See, notice I, I said prove him right. I enjoy being right. Look, see, I told you. You're, look, you're, but you're so. A 
I had this idea, and and look, this is a dope thing. Like when I have ideas, a lot of times, mm-hmm. it's a process for real, for real. It's not like I tell people all the time, like don't try to like figure everything out today. That's smooth. You told me that 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 is interesting that you say you had these ideas three years ago because it's really hard to get an idea and it's fresh to you and not do it. Today. Yeah, like well, I tried right though. I did the Instagram page mm-hmm. and I was like, this ain't really working how I was thinking. Right. Cause I was thinking like the nothing news, TNN. I'm like, okay, you got TNN. We're right. going to talk about things that's not on the actual news. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, from a Christian perspective. Yeah. Or if it's in the news, just talk about it in a different way. Right, right, right. I got it. Um, But TNN. I also think it's a lot of Christian news out there. That we overlook, yeah, or don't, or like I said, because you can hear about LeBron's hairline like for three weeks, <laughs> and then there's news that you be like, "Dog, you heard for 15 minutes or 15." Yeah. He talk about it in the gym, so like that's I, I I can't find that news. I wouldn't hear that, but I, I am mean, going to the gym in the you know right when the Lord lead me to. There you go, one but, day. <laughs> but think about the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Like I rolled past Duh. a Popeyes yesterday, and there was nobody in line. Really, and I'm like, now it was early though. But think about it. Two weeks ago, people was in line That's before true. they was even open. That's crazy. And so my point is like, dang, it's over already. We yeah, our news cycles That's in this world, it ain't even nothing. It's like we just like we talk about stuff that don't matter. Meanwhile, that same week, it could have been some Christian we know. persecution. We know or, a lot was going on that we just yeah. Right, that yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I like so. That. That's why I hit up Meet Real. That's why I hit you up, bro. Yeah. Um, you obviously have your show. Uh, the Meet Real podcast, and you have Let's Talk About It as a segment, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, tell the people a little bit about your show so, in that, that uh, segment. Live with Meet Real is basically my opportunity to tell everybody what I think, why I think it, and why I'm right, and no one can rebuttal. <laughs> See, my frustration was with on social media is that people can respond and comment, and it's like, but I don't want you to comment. I need you to just take this knowledge and wisdom and... Let me get that off. So you're just trying to brainwash people on your show, basically. Absolutely. No, um, Live With Me Trio is actually my opportunity, man, to share my thoughts in a way where I can give context. Social media is one line or even a post, and there's nothing behind it. And it's very, very easy to be offended, to offend, to hurt when you only live off that one line. You know what I'm saying? So Live With Me Trio is my opportunity to explain my heart because a lot of people think or thought that I get off or I got off on, you know, like we we are Christians, so just sending everybody to hell. Right. But I'm like, why does this continue to happen? So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. And, you know, I had the radio and stuff in, uh, a little bit before that anyway. So I was like, it, it makes sense to transfer this over where I can give you a full story and it be from my platform. And then um, the Let's Talk About It, the Let's Talk About It segment actually came from um, this idea from you. That you reached out to me about and you were um because I was doing something kind of similar, but it wasn't as structured. So yeah. I wanted to talk, I wanted to find a way to talk about the stuff that everybody was talking about and mix it with stuff that every nobody's talking about, but give it from my perspective. Because the one thing that I do believe in media, that the power is that when you speak on it as a media person, people take you as an authority. Yeah. And if you're taken as an authority. Um, as a believer, I believe that some things we should speak on, some things we shouldn't. But I wanted to have the ability to choose. Yeah. Sense. And you know what was dope? Um, one of my favorite shows that you did 
Um, I got two favorite shows of yours in particular that stick out. I want to say it might have been episode 55 or 52. I don't know. Yeah. Um, one of those two. Um, but then there's one where you, um, my favorite Let's Talk About It segment that you did mm-hmm. was the Jesse Smollett um, joint. Yeah. Because that yeah. and R. Kelly. Um, you know, and I don't really talk about a lot of the new stuff on this show. And that was the other reason I reached out to you to kind of remix what you do on your show yeah. um, and bring it to inspire guys, people. Um, but I also, even though we won't necessarily get into those type of stories, because that's right. not what this show is. What I appreciate about the way you talked about those two topics is we hear those things in the news. Yeah. And it's forced upon us to think through things a certain way. Absolutely. That's not tough. sober. No, it was tough talking about those because those are the hot button issues that everybody's waiting on the church to condemn. Like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to hear. You know? Right. And I was like, I still wanted to find a way to speak on something because it took me a while to speak, especially Art Kelly. This, <laughs> just certain, certain stories, it's like. It's tough, but then when you start to see other believers, like I said, my platform is if something continues to bother me, I, God, you know, God bless me with the ability to be able to have it, do it, enjoy it, bless people, be blessed myself. I'm like, okay, so let me use this. Yeah. And um, do it through a way where, like, how would how do I want God to think about me when I'm being Demetrius? And yeah. it made it easier to talk about it because at the end of the day, man, it's, it's just hard to see people as people nowadays because everything is so digital. We're even looking at people as digital. Yeah, we even, yeah. even like, that's a good point. Even the way we talk about these human beings, mm-hmm. we literally talk about them as if they're not human. Yeah, they're, and, an, issue. they're an issue. They're, yeah. They're an issue. They're a demographic. They're a... A meme. Yeah. It's just something else to be funny. And it's like, this is someone's son, someone's cousin. So what I appreciate about that and what I am hoping to build with this segment um, the nothing news is for people to um have an opportunity to listen to and engage yeah um certain news stories that are not always trendy. Yeah. Some of them may be because to your point, sometimes things just knock at our door to Absolutely. the point where it's like, I gotta talk and about people this. People may want to know, like, hold on, because I Jermaine, I know this is what you be on. Listen, man, this is what's going on, and I really and I've had that. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. You know, I've had friends, especially with our Kelly thing. People reached out to them. I don't know how I should feel because this is something that hits home, and I could under I can respect that because anything that hits home, it just hit different. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you still got to remember, like, but I'm still a Christian. Okay, so God, how do I am I supposed to think through this when this hurts me in a different way? You get what but I'm saying? See, that's the thing. So here's what I would say too to anyone because you said something important. What I hope this segment will do moving forward, and we are obviously taking time to kind of like bring you up to speed on how we got here yeah. and what this is about, because we're not going to do this every time. We're just going to jump into the segment. No, go back to the, you want to yeah, hear the old, yeah, like, the old show. You yeah, the old like show. for anyone who jump in five episodes later trying to figure <laughs> out, you got to go back to this. This is the reference one. So, yeah. but my point is, what you said is, as a Christian, how am I supposed to think about this? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we always know, but oh, our goal really? is- to start struggling with the information and going through the information with that Christian mentality and that biblical mentality versus emotion. Right. And then telling, and then finding, finding the scripture that validates that emotion and putting it off as doctrine, which is very easy to, 
real quick, perfect example. Me and my wife were talking about, you know, people say prepare for the worst. Yeah. Um, and my wife says she disagrees with us, so I'm go to the message version, which is the uh, Suge Knight version. <laughs> and Man, that that version of the Bible literally so puts me raw. in tears, bro. So I never actually, read that. I'm sorry. It literally says prepare for the worst. Wow. And because my wife's, I was messy my wife, Bible. If I find in scripture where it says prepare for the worst, does that mean, you know? So she was like, okay, fine. So I go and I actually find it. And it says, the message version was so crazy. It it said, do your best, prepare for the worst, then trust God for the victory. (laughs) What is that, Proverbs? Yeah, Proverbs um, 21, 31. Okay. And (laughs) when I was going back and forth in it, she was saying, I said, okay, so I can choose because I was talking about something that, you know, a fear or something I'm dealing with. And I'm like, so now I can literally stand on, oh, this is scripture. That emotion can attach to prepare for the worst. One, you're in a terrible version, which (laughs) it is though. You know, I I try not to get petty, but it does matter. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're talking about directly what, you know, what, like you said, Joe, um, directly from what the guy said. And then actually going through context, understanding how you study the Bible, all that, you know, you get into actually what God is saying, not how you feel for it to say. It's like, oh no, but it's, it always ends with, but trust God, it, you know. No, yeah. not to cut you off, no, but I just, you said yep. Proverbs 21, 31. All right. So here's what it says in the New Living Translation. Yep. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. Prepared. But the victory belongs to the Lord. See? Now you see how, okay, that's the- See how easy I, you could run in from the scriptures. Like, oh, yeah, well, God told me to, hey, prepare for the worst, so. Yeah, like, it. so, so, all right, that, the message Bible is translating, I guess, the battle right. into the worst. Yes. But that's not necessarily- that's not what it's Yeah, like, that's, that's not contextually. So what you will have is people taking that to mean just the worst generally mm-hmm. versus understanding- no, this is saying that if you're going into a battle, if it's no different than my wife, I have her, and I've said this, I think, on the show before. Yeah, I tell her, keep an umbrella in your car. Because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, if yeah. it rains, you'll be prepared you'll for be it. Prepared for it. So that takes the idea of preparing for the worst totally different than telling you to expect the worst. Exactly. Because that's the way that it comes off in that message Bible translation. Exactly. And the way I was feeling in that moment, which we do, is that we we find the scripture that speaks to our feelings. So we minister to ourselves and we just make God the middleman. It's called confirmation bias. Um, Yikes. Confirmation bias is when you look for things that agree with what you already feel. And so you're biased to it because it feels like confirmation. It's like, oh, yeah, see, remember I told y'all, you know, and yeah. and we see that a lot on social media and not just in social media, but even in real life where people like you see people arguing scripture with scripture. This is uh, always interesting to me Yeah. Um, when I see people just utilizing scriptures to make an argument that's not really there. Yeah. And it's showing me like, wow. And here's what I'll say. The question I always ask myself mm-hmm. is, do I care about what the Bible says yeah. or am I just trying to make a but point? See, that's a, that's the, that, and that's the direct reason why um, or the foundation of why this even matters of talking about the, like nothing news or talking about, you know, let's talk about this. Justice Millett, whoever um, is life happens and you have an opportunity to let God renew your mind. 
which is renewing, which means every time you feel something, every time you get some information, you have to filter it through how you feel or what God says. And it's a total difference, but both in the moment can feel righteous. Yeah. Like you can really and, be blowed out your mind and be and thinking like, yeah, nuts. this, and that's the crazy thing is like, because some of us have our minds made up before yeah. we even start studying. Have so we're made up what God already said. So we're studying to confirm. That's why it's confirmation bias. I, um, me and Tiff were kicking it the other day. I like that. And I was telling her like the importance of like how we um, study scripture. Mm-hmm. And we, we shouldn't be studying the Bible always to try to prove a point. But we should be studying the Bible, then receiving the point. I wonder, is there anything in scripture that tells us that we should be studying for that reason ever? To prove a point. I know we're supposed to be able to defend the faith. But we're not supposed. To, I don't know. Being it's a tricky thing. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just thinking about that. I think it's yeah. tricky because let's say, for instance, um, and I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but let, because I, I was thinking about this the other day. That's why it's at the top of my mind. Because at first I was like, yeah, I don't think we should ever. And then I'm like, well, I don't know because what if I was somewhere having a conversation, and we were talking about something as simple as, um, adultery or fornication. That, that's and not, that is nowhere near simple. Right, but Maybe my f- our friends are no, no. What I mean by simple is, yeah, that's a great point. That's not simple. That's what I mean is to to the to the true believer, right. those are obviously wrong. That's what right. I meant by simple. Oh, I got you. Yeah, so it's like these are like simple things that that are in scripture that's talked about. Mm-hmm. Like some things ain't directly you can't find a scripture that actually say yeah. don't hit me in the head yeah. with a hammer. Don't pirate music. Or- yeah, like, but my <laughs> point is like, don't eat in the movie. If, yeah, if, exactly. You can't find a scripture to say that. Right, so that's right. that's what I mean. Like, that's not simple. Right. You can't, like, if you having that debate with someone, it's, like, hard to go to a scripture. But if someone was talking, like, well, show me in scripture where it says, you know, I shouldn't have two wives. Right. Then it's like, there's a scripture you can literally go to yeah. um, that talks about being the man of one wife and things mm-hmm. like that. So um, in that case, I'm like, okay, I don't think it's wrong to use scripture to prove that point. Yeah. I think it's only wrong if I'm fixated on that scripture and not even concerned with contextual or other scriptures or how everything point, comes together. Yeah. If it comes to the point where you're using the scripture to prove your point, um, you, I'm pretty sure you're doing it wrong um, because that's pride. You get what I'm saying? Like you can be, yeah. anybody can use scripture and they be right um, in God. And, and, it can and, be twisted. <laughs> and be majorly twisted. Yeah. So yeah. So the whole, you know, the whole idea with this segment, the nothing news, hopefully uh, we made it as clear as possible for y'all because we're not going to have this conversation again. Um, it's over with. But the the idea of it is we want to have sober and sound conversation yes. um, about things. And we're not saying that we're right about everything. Um, and anything. we're not trying to be right. No. We're trying to talk about it from a Christian perspective. And we literally care about the Christian perspective. Now, I will say this before we move forward. Yes. And I'm just being real with you I really and the people. <laughs> this is something that I struggle with. Um, and that's why I'm bringing like bringing this to the show. Um, sometimes I struggle with talking about certain trendy things in the news, yeah, because the psychology of it. You know, mm-hmm. I study psychology, and mm-hmm. one of the things psychologically is when something is reported, and I've talked about this in earlier episodes. When something is reported, like on the front page of a newspaper or a social media headline nowadays. Um, like if, see, I don't even want to say, like if it's something true. is reported, uh-huh. 
they do, have done research where in that region where that was reported, it increases. <laughs> so if something bad was reported, and even if it wasn't reported right. in a bad way, just in an awareness type way. So let's use something that I ain't scared about. Like, all right, blood pressure. If it's like, if That's I put out reports crazy. about hypertension is, blood pressure is this, this, and this. Now everybody blood pressure shooting People up. blood pressure likely going to go up. And so whatever you report on. That's deep. People do it. And so sometimes I struggle like, all right, do I want to talk about this? Because sometimes we think we got to talk about everything. And give everything life. Um, yeah. I struggled with that in the beginning because I did want to talk about everything because I felt like everybody was talking about it anyway. So I needed to get ahead of it. Um, and as I grew up, I realized that we, because we live on timelines, we think that the time, our timeline is a very real perspective of what the world is like. And it's literally yeah. people like, like I said, everybody's talking about, you know, the chicken sandwich. I have never had Chick-fil-A and I've never had a chicken sandwich from Popeye's. I hate you for not having Chick-fil-A. To this day. I'm not mad at you for the Popeye sandwich. <laughs> but to this day, but you, but, but on your timeline, everybody is having it. And people, I'm like, I told somebody at work and they're like, you really, like, he was mad at me. Like, yeah, they think you crazy. And then, you know what the crazy thing <laughs> is? Nuts. I thought about this the other day too. And you make a good point. Like everyone's timeline ain't even the same. I know, cause some of my friends on Twitter be liking stuff, and I be having to rebuke them because yeah, everybody knew like yeah, your your timeline, bro. Yeah, lotion. your timeline. Your is, timeline need lotion. Exactly, and Duh. it's like it's just ashy. But Duh. but here's the thing: so it's like you thinking your your timeline is a representation or a microcosm of reality, Ooh. when that's just your timeline, like. You take, for instance, we Christians. Yeah. If you go up and down our timeline, whether we agree with doctrine and different things, it's going to be full of Christians, whether yeah, they halfway true. Christians or whole Christians. That's true. And atheists, it's likely going to have a timeline full of, atheists. full of atheists, talking about totally different things from a different perspective. Oh, what do atheists talk about? Nothing. They don't believe in nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what they, like, what the they nothing ask? news. And that, that would be dope to hear a podcast from an atheist. Like, uninspired. Like... Deflate the God's universe, people. The, the universe's people. <laughs> so, we're going to start this first one off. And, you know, shout out to the Christian Post. They got a lot of dope stuff. Oh, this is Nashville. Y'all don't know about me, but Meach Real is a Tennessee guy. Love Tennessee. Everything about it. Oh, man. I've never been to Tennessee, actually. Really? No. Tennessee is fantastical. Um, I don't know where they are when it comes to race relations. Okay. <laughs> now, but uh, but still, man, I, yeah, I'm talking. You went to so college slow. down there? No, um, I went there every summer. Um, in Morristown, real small place, like the biggest place in there was Walmart. So people would uh, meet up at a Walmart. It was. Real I've country. heard that wa- down oh south, Walmarting is a thing. Yes, like someone told me that recently. It was man, it was love. Oh, D Rock told me that. I Diddy. think. It, I'm talking about. It's weird that you can go to Walmart and there's nostalgia. Like people really <laughs> went to meet, but that's anyway. super weird. Oh, man, that just made me like this guy even more. Anyway, so there's a pastor. The headline reads, H.B. Charles Jr. warns entertainment-driven worship is idolatrous. Sounds like he listened to your show. I mean, we've talked about this stuff. Exactly. Okay, so let me just give you a little bit of it. The pastor of Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, is highlighting the dangers of today's idolatrous celebrity pastor culture, warning that in leaning over to reach the world, the church is falling in. Hmm. <laughs> there is the temptation for the church to be influenced by the world and not other, not the other way around. Charles told the Christian Post during a sit-down interview. As a result, entertainment-driven worship can inflate 
No, they can infiltrate the local church. All right. Man. He said a lot. He did. He said a lot. So, Which, like, so well, to me, it's yeah. like. He said a lot. Well, he first, first of all, he actually sounds like he's, he's like read a Bible. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, because I don't know him. You know him? No. Okay. Ne- never heard of him. Um, he's bald, so I really don't. Trust, <laughs> I don't really trust people who are bald. Like I really got to get some context. Why are you hating on the bald community? It's just man. hard What's... to believe. Like people who are bald, I just think like something tells like they don't believe in themselves so much. Listen, bro. And I feel totally opposite. You talked about <laughs> LeBron's hairline being a news story. I feel like listen, LeBron. As someone who had to go home himself and Ooh, send the hair home, hit, hit them clippers. Like, it's much more confidence he in a person that's willing to go bald. I see, and that's I, yeah, I agree. I feel like holding on to your hair is like you don't know who you are. Yeah, I can't trust you. Like legit, like you like, yeah. and and the thing is, I get it. Like being bald, like think about it. As that's a tough. person that's bald, mm-hmm. it's the only hairstyle that you don't choose. And if you're <laughs> like no nobody. That's hilarious. It's literally the only hairstyle that you... It ain't even a hairstyle. It's a head style. It's kind of like a punishment because I remember <laughs> when I, I messed up in school and my mom took me to the barber. I was growing my hair out and I was messing up in school and she gave me a covitis. That's what they used to call it. And cut all my hair off. And I was like, never again, Lord. Never <laughs> you know again. what? And you have like an extra hair. Like you I got like my... hair almost to the eyebrow. I'm not going to lie to you. I pray that I have like, Lord, don't let this be vanity. But I do... I do enjoy my hair. Let me tell you what's going to happen to people like you. <laughs> this is this is where I take joy in people like you. So, it gets very interesting because yeah. I've seen a dude like you be very, and he's like a very outspoken dude, so uh-huh. it makes it worse. <laughs> right? The front of his hairline, perfect. Ooh. And you know what start happening? When you start thinning in the back. Yeah. See, the Lord works in, in different kind of ways, in mysterious ways. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the message Bible. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, for anybody out there, man, if your joint thinning, bro, listen, if you to the point where the barber got to lay you down and hit your lineup, bro, <laughs> let it go, man. Trust me. I've been there. I let it go. It feels good, man. You just like, you just being yourself. Yeah. Ironically, the Take only- Take control of the narrative. Yeah, that, that's cut, it. LeBron. Cut it off before it cut Don't, you off. Why ho- exactly. Why hold on? So, we got a bald guy with this article, so he's already up one, but he's dark-skinned, so Ooh. I'm light-skinned. You know, I don't- and You, you know, know, dark-skinned guys are- uh, always the villain in Tyler Perry movies. So exactly, I really can't trust. So we don't know how to feel about him. But yeah. lo and behold, at least in this article, this pastor Talking sounds good. like Talking he good. has some sense, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So a couple things like he talked about entertainment infiltrating the church, mm-hmm. but he he said something like we're reaching over and we're gonna we're, lean we're, in. We're, yeah, we're so focused on reaching over to the world that we're falling in, and that was like, it makes so much sense. I remember watching a video of, and this is when the explosion of the youth church happened. So this mm-hmm. was like when I first got actually living for Christ, let's say 2011. I remember there was a youth conference and the pastor had a shirt on. And I, I this sticks out to me to this day. It said, I'm a trap star. And it wow. blew my mind because I get he was trying to be hip, but it's like. Do you know what the trap do, do is? You know, <laughs> do you know what this means? And um, that's why it just makes sense because I do think that for the desire from just, you know, looking at artists, looking at entertainers, everybody who is leaning in to reach and grasp the whole world. Um, I haven't seen too many of them um, keep their integrity. Like, for the, and them not being, them not actually being the one overly influenced. Them the one so so I think that that last part is, is the part. That's tough. For me, where um, we've seen this for years. 
yeah. in the gospel music industry and things like that, where people will say, you don't know what's be ha- happening behind the scenes. They're trying to influence these people, right? Right. And I try to be fair in here every point. And then I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so let's say you started off today, Meech, and you went into the world, the secular industry, right? Right. And you start off a certain way. Mm-hmm. Every year I start, I'm observing you, I'm following you. See a decline. Every year you're getting, you know, progressively worse mm-hmm. or more worldly, like, you didn't used to cuss, even if it's now in, you cuss. Even if it's in public, because a lot of people do hide behind that shade of, well, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. I'm like, well, sweet, show us, because right now it's looking bad. But even that to <laughs> me, right, let's yeah. be fair, that's not even true anymore. Because we live in a world with less and less privacy, where if you do that's enough true. searching, I've watched gospel artists who do interviews like these, mm-hmm. and they literally talk. Like, I, I'm not going to mention who. Yeah. I watched a guy who... Um, went into, I guess, the semi-secular world with a record deal. Yeah. He was a Christian. Uh-huh. And he literally does an interview. Maybe we don't know because it was on a secular station, right? right. Secular YouTube video. And he talked about his experience at the um, BET Awards. And he said on there, he's like, man, I was drunk with some secular artists at the BET oh, Awards. Yeah. You talking about Reby Versus. That was a... That was the one, that was the one Doug. You really going to throw Doug out there. Somebody going to believe that. That was not Doug. Yeah, that's fake fake news. Right, like, fake news. The nothing you. news. No, but, you know, he went out there and he shares this, this experience of going out into the world. And so, to your point, it's like, all right, that's on nice. one hand, they say we don't know, but we kind of do yeah, we have tell, examples. Yeah, we tell it on ourselves all day long. I think that um, it's... This is, these are one of... Which is perfect. These are one of the issues that is hard to speak on, because especially when you're older. Like, I, I can't wait for the 17-year-old Christian to speak against some of this stuff because once you pass 24, you're just too old to be sober to the world. Like, they, like everybody's, oh, you're just hating. You don't understand. Right. You don't know what we're going through. And um, I think it's a lot to – I think it takes a lot of courage to even speak out against, the, especially the entertainment industry because entertainment is the source of life. Um, for most of us, I mean, even me just learning, like I said, I'm on a journey of health and understanding the difference between eating to live and living to eat is almost the same thing as being always wanting to be entertained versus informing yourself. Yeah. Cause you can't just eat Skittles and barbecue chicken every day. Right. And that would be fun. Literally. You know it would be fun. It, it would, would be, be entertaining. Best, it would be the best thing to do. Like to have a donut, Skittle, peanut butter and jelly, pepperoni pizza sandwich. <laughs> like- Every like just every day, like ice cream for breakfast. I could do that. Like, let's, <laughs> and so that's a great point, right? Yeah. So in other areas of our life where we're sober minded and logical, something mm-hmm. like health, mm-hmm. none of us would sit up here and argue that it's okay to just eat donuts for right. breakfast, Absolutely. lunch, dinner. We would never say that. And if we're being fair, entertainment is like dessert. It's Always. the flashy, fun thing, mm-hmm. but... The problem is, as we've ushered that into the church, the other question I would have to ask myself is like, okay, we've been doing the entertainment thing in church yeah. for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he makes the point or the argument that we've been leaning over so much that we're falling in. Yes. Because think about it. you We're having too much fun. Um, it's actually a scripture in Ecclesiastes, I want to say 7, 21. It was talking about how... Um, funerals and I'm this is the message version or the material version <laughs> paraphrase <laughs> right it's just basically that it's better to be at a funeral than a party because what death does to you and um, it makes so much sense 
when you think about somebody who always in the street and getting money and he wilding. But then when you got to put him on a t-shirt, it's a whole new conversation. Right? Yeah. Like when you hear a song about hitting licks and getting money and shooting people. And if they talk to you, like that, all that stuff is pretty, you know, people that's popular nowadays, but nobody is happy when they watch his mother mourn him at the funeral. And you just described, now we talk about getting back to my music, the entire <laughs> concept of the other side. Yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. the song, the other side, that's literally what I was trying to capture is like, we look at one side. So we look uh-huh. at the entertainment side of, side of church, which mm-hmm. is a lot of people do it. They, they say we're drawing people in. Yeah. But the problem is once they get there, we're only giving them what they've always known. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, if, if I much. want you, if I want to be your trainer, right? Uh-huh. And you're like, all right, Jay, I'm going to trust you to be my trainer. And I bait you in with pizza. And you're like, okay, I'm going to check him out because he, he eating pizza. Listen, hey, trainers, if y'all listening to this, because I am on my journey, if you if that is a part of your my plan, <laughs> listen, <laughs> hit me up. See, you, and that's going to get you in the door. pizza is my thing. But the yes. problem is, if all he does then is still feed you pizza when you're there, yeah. because you came with an expectation of pizza, now the problem is you're not actually getting in shape. You're just out of shape in his presence while he's getting a check. And the moment he starts to introduce salad, I'm going to say you changed. Right. Um, you lied. Um, and, and so yeah. here's the question, though. In that situation, who should be dictating the plan? Should it be the trainer or the person that's out of shape and doesn't know anything <laughs> about health? Uh, absolute trainer. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Because I guess we're still living in the mindset that people like the entitlement that they need us, you know, like I've known people, friends and other things of, you know, even me, I think growing up, people leave church to hurt other people. Like they're, they punish other people by walking away from their faith. Um, from artists to just people in the church that, you know, they, they'll do it to hurt someone else. So it was, what sucks is, is that we're, we've become a generation of people that want the engagement and acceptance so bad. We're allowing the people who need us or need that vice or need that platform to dictate what that platform should. And that, and you know what that shows me is like we have become followers and not leaders. One of the tough things about leadership is that you literally have to be willing to stand up for something and have strong conviction about something you believe in. And so you have to be willing to stand up and say, hey. This is the vision. This is where we're going. Right. Like, now, you're not a dictator when you're a leader. So it doesn't mean that, you know, if you want to get super technical, oh, I have a staff. Do I, you know, converse right, with right, my right, staff right, and right. talk to them? Yes. We're not talking about dictatorship. But at the same time, as the leader, you have to be willing to stand in the front and take the darts that may come that's true. for the people who don't understand. And that's and, something. Yeah. And it has to be a direct vision. Like I said, you can't. Like, like I said, go back to health and going to the trainer. I can't go to my trainer. And I've heard, like, even the classes I've been going to recently, when they tell me, they're like, okay, tell me what is a, is, is a, a deal breaker for you, and we'll cater around it. And I said to the lady, I'm saying, well, listen, I'm not trying to live with this issue. I'm trying to reverse it. Right. So I don't want to live a lifestyle to maintain where I'm already at. Right. And I think that sometimes we're okay with maintaining because we feel like there's not a consequence. It's not a, as heavy consequence as long as I stay in the middle. That Okay, yeah. you're talking about, man, I was just talking about this yesterday. 
you're talking about the dangers of a comfort zone. Yes. And that creeps into the church. It's the idea that like, yo, we got people coming, they paying their money, you know, like attendance is high. Like, you know, people come and attend, you know, like attendance is high. Like we good, we happy. Um, so we're comfortable enough to where it's like, oh, you know, yeah, we got people maybe sleeping around. We got some people with some secret lifestyles or whatever. Yeah. But it ain't really causing no controversy in the st- church. So we don't have to go and try to, you know, get too serious. Like, let's keep doing yeah. the entertainment if, thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And, and the problem with that is <laughs> yeah. this generation. Okay. you See, I try to think about things historically as well. Okay. In what other time in history did people have access to this much entertainment? Yeah, I would almost say never. Yeah. Like when you think of and, and I know oh, that I may gonna, not I was gonna say Sodom and Gomorrah. I heard they was wildest. They was wildin'. They was wildin', but I'm talking about access. And, and so if you were uh, in Sodom and yeah. Gomorrah, you had access to Sodom and Gomorrah. Literally, right now, I can type in something wild in Africa on my phone, That's and true. I'm in Africa. I'm like that's true. Transported yeah. to wherever through these phones. And so Yeah, that's true. And the internet in general. And so the point I'm making is we are such an entertainment driven uh society that we have literally lost track of reality. And so the church is so entertainment driven that in some instances, and I'm not saying this is everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. None of this stuff is it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's the that's another deflection. No. I guarantee you, you will not find an absolute in nothing else outside of the word. I mean, I'm, yeah, like the things that. we're talking about are not yeah, like, everybody. hey, all y'all. No, but no, the point no. is, it is in a lot of places where if you try to have a serious conversation with somebody about, you know, Ooh, the Lord or, hey, what do you listen to? Or what do you want? People literally um, automatically tap into emotion. And they start defending. Right. And, and what that's saying is, as long as I'm entertaining you in the church, oh, God said. Yeah. And, and that's even changing, right? That's changing now to a more urban life. God said, hey, yeah. God yeah. said, yeah. Right, hey. Right, right. You know, and as long as I'm doing that and making you dance, even though you're still, you still have a horrible life outside of this and you're uh-huh. stressed out and depressed and all of this, we're not going to deal with that because that make you sleepy. Dog, that makes sense of just being a, I was just thinking about my children is that, um, because my auntie speaks to me a lot about, you know, she's a very, very, she's just a dope parent, a dope person. She's like, she hates baby talk or talking down to children in general. <laughs> right. And then, um, uh, shout out to Loretta Francis. I love her. It's my son's godmother. She says, she, she always says, I'm not raising kids. I'm raising adults. Yeah. And when you think about it, if, um, if I only let my kids play like all summer, they, they hated it. But every morning before they could do it, they had to do their chores. They had to do an hour of reading, math, or like whatever in they whatever that's week, so dope. Wherever they was weak at, like you know, wherever they was, uh, they kind of fought or battled with in school. That's what we focused on during the summertime, before they could play the game, before they could do yeah. anything. So, but if I let them play, but I started off because I was chilling first couple of days, you know, summertime hit. They just played. The, they got up. They could play the game. They could run around. House was a mess. And the moment I said, "Okay, now we gonna start doing homework," my son would cry and cry. Like he would cry for an hour. Chase? Said, yeah, of course. Okay. The baby. That's my baby boy. So he would cry for an hour, and I used to tell him, like, you would have been done with your homework by now. And you would have been able to do what you wanted to do. And I think that's the one problem or issue where we have, and you can see these huge, like I said, a huge emotional response in the church is that we spend so much time entertaining and trying to show them that you can have fun like you have fun in the world, is that when there's time to have a conversation and meet, 
they don't want to do it. Because, and look, all right, so I got to, man, you said a couple of dope things. I think what you're doing with your sons is foundational. Yes. And so what you're saying is, notice, they can still play the game later. Yeah. So we're not saying like, oh. Never. You know, like, yeah. But what we're saying is like, when you teach people foundation, then they begin to understand, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea of like, yo, A has to happen before B happens. So like, what we want to show them is that there is a process. It is never about what you can't do. But we show them, you know. Um, and look, yeah. you the leader. Like, I don't want to cut you off, but I want to say no, something. No, that makes sense. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let you the leader, dictate. so you got to be willing to... To be, they be mad. Oh, they, they be mad at you. They the crying, looks, crying. Yeah. Plus so it. I got a question for anyone who claims to be a leader out there. The first question is, can you handle people not liking your decision? Can you handle people? Now who look, you? when your decision is the right thing, because something you get manipulative leaders who think people should just follow them because they said it. Oh, but I'm specifically now. I want to. I want to say this before we move forward. Um. Something that's very important for us to do as believers is to look at the biblical example. Yes. Always. So when you talk about your kids, you got King, King Josiah. I believe he was a king at eight. Uh-huh. Uh, David was in the field tending to the sheep working at 15 years old as oh, a teenager. I cannot imagine my son being the king. He you think he is already. No. And you ask yourself, though. <laughs> that's crazy. How did they? Like, see, they probably built foundations for kings. So... All right, it's like this. If you build something, you build a foundation for a house first. Right. There's no way you build a foundation for a boat and expect a house in the end. Like... But we do. Yeah, so it's like, you, if you didn't build a foundation for a king, we could sit here and throw out prophecies and you gonna be this and you gonna be that. But if if you never work towards something and never start walking down that path, then unfortunately, you're not gonna be that. And my point with that is this, no, to the make, church. That make a lot of sense. If we don't build a biblical foundation, if the foundation is entertainment, then, okay, going back to that messy Bible uh, translation, then we won't, we won't be prepared for the battle. That, makes so, that just makes so much sense because the Bible is not even entertaining off the surface. Like, like I, the first time you just tried to read the Bible, you ain't reading it like a com even a comic book. Like, like you got to be a special person to be entertained by a right. book. Period. Yeah. Um, oh, that's inter that's that's so interesting. But it's because our foundation, yeah, you know, there was a time where books were books was like the video game. That's true. That's you true. know, because you gotta think the other thing we forget when I talked about historically, a lot of this stuff is only a couple hundred years old. Like when you talk about TV, radio, like this stuff hasn't been around for most of life. Like the <laughs> internet, most people in the entire world have who have ever lived have never experienced the internet. So we're experiencing something very new and treating it as if it is the, the standard. That's true. Yeah. It's I like, no, know. bro. Like, nobody has ever had access to this much entertainment. It just got here. It That's literally... Crazy. It's, yeah. The internet is an alien from outer space that just landed. Mm -hmm. And we're treating it like it's nothing. And that's why I talk about it on this show. So, no, man, I'm going to give you the last word. This was definitely dope. We appreciate you. This is Meech Real yeah. uh, from the Live with Meech Real show. And um, I'm going to give you the last word. Make sure they know where they can check out your show as well. Um, and then just give us your final thoughts on uh, today's Nothing News segment. Well, man, first and foremost, man, if you want to find me, you can find me in the word. Um, second John talks about Demetrius. <laughs> what is this guy talking about? <laughs> it, it really isn't. This is Second John. 
Uh, but no, um, seriously, you can follow me anywhere at Meach Real. If you search Meach Real, it will pop up. Um, you can follow me on the Bible app. I know that's not churchy, but I really enjoy having friends on the Bible app. It, that's hilarious. Be, I only got like three friends on Listen, there. because they like stuff and then it makes me, man, I didn't, I ain't read, I ain't read my Bible app today. So those notifications kind of make me read it. So I'm not trying to be churchy. But, Super churchy. But please follow me on the Bible app at Beach Real as well. Um, my only only thing I want to say with this, and this is with everything, is that it's not easy to deny everything that you, that has made you feel good all your life. Yeah. And it's also not easy to see the upside of doing so. And I'll just end it with giving an example of why entertainment, um, why this conversation about entertainment makes so much sense and why it hits home for me. I am a very, very great looking person. Um, but I have lived a very fun and very <laughs> fun, <laughs> entertaining, unhealthy lifestyle that by the grace of God, it didn't kill me, right? Like I didn't die, I didn't have any issues, I haven't had anything like that. But the moment I went to a place that gave me a checkup, like a status report, like you do it with your computers, anything else, I had the fruit of so much damage that I was doing to my body that I realized that I can continue to have fun, but and it won't and it may not affect me for another 30 40 years or i can add some education and take away a little bit of that entertainment moderate that entertainment and i can improve my lifestyle for longevity so all i'm saying is that if all you're doing is having fun i'm guaranteeing that you are denying your body your mind and your future what it will need to grow and sustain itself Hey, I thought this was about to be over, but you said something, bro. I'm the preacher that's like finishing up. Everybody who was about to turn it off, like, no, 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 get back over here. Listen, you said something dope, man. And this conversation, this is such an important topic, and I feel like we've only scratched the surface, and that's yeah, why I, I don't want to necessarily absolutely. rush it to be over, but you just said something. It may not affect me for another 20, 30 years. Yeah. I think one of our struggles in the church now is that we are not able to see the long-term effects of the entertainment man, industry we, welcoming itself into our sanctuary. The guy we serve is, man, he's so awesome. Because it would be easy to be a Christian if God was plucking people out the sky. Like, yeah, like, man, you heard Johnny, man. He, he like, was you better get somebody, right. He was cussing somebody out. God just grabbed it, <laughs> threw him out, threw him out of there. But um, I'm telling you, man, um, even from the way you look, from I'm telling you, there are people who are spiritually dead, who are great looking, in shape, and it's because they're they're only they're full of entertainment. I want to know, do does the church care? Because what I see a lot of times is like. You know, even when we're talking about this entertainment thing, right? Yes. Some people will jump to the extreme and just in their emotions and be mad. Listen, I'm a Christian rapper. Look, I, yeah. like, I, I, yeah. I've gone on Sunday mornings and rapped in the church. Am I saying, oh, don't, don't sing in church? No, <laughs> but I'm talking about the heart behind it. When you, when you become so engulfed into the entertainment of the world where you're just literally trying to create the world in the church. I mean, it's just the truth. It's just the reality. And this man, I'm been brainwashed. Music can't save the world. That's also, there we album. have it back to this, my music. This is another album dog. <laughs> this is nuts, but seriously, um, I'm telling you, there is not a soundtrack that is going to make you feel better. That is going to help you when you are sitting 
you are mourning someone or you are on your deathbed yourself or like it's no type of form of entertainment when things get real that's going to solve the problem like, no you know what that's a good point like no one it's not when it gets real not average people i'm sure it's some crazy person hey, out man, there t- hey, turn on that track man i'm yeah, I'm about, I'm about to die, man. My doctor said I got five minutes to live. I need to hear this one more. Listen, track. nobody gets <laughs> shot and turn on their favorite rap song and get hype as they're dying. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, right. yeah. It, like it's like no real. So what we're talking about, and what I hope people get from this segment, and what we're yeah, um, you know, what I really wanted to bring to the show with this segment was an opportunity to talk about real life. Hopefully, not in a judgmental way. Um, mm-hmm. hopefully not. So we haven't. Um, we're not purposely trying to offend people. Um, but, yeah. but this, I will say this one thing that we didn't cover in that article, when he talked about leaning in to the world so much that we're becoming like the world. Um, when I created this show, that's why it's called inspire God's people. And when I found out what my purpose was, it was like the Lord was showing me everyone wants to become like the world, you know, and they want to use the same scripture to try to make the point, you know, Becoming all things to all men. Um, but my thing is you don't have to become what you already were. So it's like, <laughs> first of all, like if you a dude from, you know, like the hood and you would like you don't have to become no, you grew up in that. Becoming something new would mean you're going overseas to a third world country and you're going to minister to people. So you gotta dress in rags like they do. Like, like, why does becoming all things to all men always equal us having fun? That's not what it should be. But my point at the end of the day is we have kind of created this emotional feeling of what it means to reach people that doesn't always even really work most times. But in doing that, we have abandoned God's people. And that's why this show is Inspire God's People. No, I love it. Yeah, so I will only speak to, my last thing I'll say, if you are offended is people that really love you the most only want to help and when they want to help what they're going to tell you <laughs> is not always going to feel good um if you have lung cancer your friend is going to not ever allow you to smoke in front of them ever again if they love you and you may really want to smoke so all i want to say is, is that there's nothing wrong with being entertained sometimes there's also nothing wrong with educating yourself and getting some substance sometimes. Being challenged on who you are and challenging can you be more. Because what's dope about that is when you have to find out can you be more in your challenge, every time you're going to be impressed at what you can do that you never imagined. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. God's people, thank you for listening to today's show. Look, do you have feedback? You want to let me know what's on your mind? You got a topic you want to hear, or you just want to let me know what you thought about today's show. It's easy. Shoot me an email. You can catch me at JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Again, JermaineWilsonMusic. It's all one word. Let me know what you think. And you like this show, don't you? So you know what you want to do? You want to listen to it at work. You want to listen to it in the gym. Do me a favor. Just search Inspire God's People. You can Google it. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts. You know what else? You should share this show with someone. Why? Because it's a good show. And if you don't like this show, just act like you like it. 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 Act like you like it.